In honor of the 30th anniversary of my favorite film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we are talking about Roger Rabbit's film, Tummy Trouble. Stay tuned, please. Wow, that's the best I've ever done that. Stay tuned. Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about storytelling, animation, and English majoring the crap out of things. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. As Chris said, today we're talking about the uh, the short film Tummy Trouble, starring Roger Rabbit, uh, released after the debut of Who Framed Roger Rabbit, the film. Yes. A year later. A year later. And Chris, you said you already said this is one of your favorite movies of all time. Um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit is my favorite film of all time. Um, I wish it were real. I wish that cartoon characters hung out with us. Um, and I think a nine-year-old Chris was like, where's Roger Rabbit where I can go meet him? Um, so... It wasn't until high school when I did get to meet Roger Rabbit in Florida. There's a picture where there's photographic evidence that I met Roger Rabbit. Um, he was on his way to be in a parade, but he stopped and took a picture with me. That just shows the kind of person Roger Rabbit is. Um, yes, he's a performer, but he, he has time for his fans. <laughs> <laughs> Unlike Herman the baby. <laughs> like baby Herman. <laughs> Uh, Roger Rabbit does, does, does spend time with the little people, us. Um, <laughs> anyway, yes, I love Roger Rabbit. Um, anytime I think about Roger Rabbit, I, I feel happy. Um, I watch Roger Rabbit about, um, a little less frequently than I used to. It used to be once a year around my birthday. Um, now it's every, you know, three to four years, um, just to give me some time to let it build up and then watch it and experience a great catharsis of watching it again. I've seen it over 50 times, I'm sure. Um, I, I stopped counting around 42. So I'm sure after that, I've watched it more. Um, I just love the film. I, there's just something happy and exciting about it. And I can't believe that it's 30 years old. So it's crazy. <laughs> it doesn't make sense to me. Um, Roger Rabbit is 30 years old and Bob Hoskins is no longer with us. And there's just a lot of things that I question about the reality. <laughs> I still think it's ripe for a sequel. And I stand by our like episode 16 idea that we spitballed. <laughs> Roger Rabbit meets CGI animation. Yes, I think that would be great. We'll, we'll make sure that that's in our show notes so you can go back and listen to that. Um, and you could also go back to our previous breakdowns. We call these our breakdown episodes where we focus in on a short thing and just, as Mackenzie said, English major the crap out of it. Just take a look at everything to do with it. We've done it with The Sorcerer's Apprentice. We did it with What's Opera Doc, um, another famous rabbit. And we, we did it with, oh my gosh, Chuck a, Duck a Muck um, with starring Daffy Duck. So um, I am willing to put Roger Rabbit 
in that Justice League of characters, you know, Mickey Mouse, Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Roger Rabbit. Um, he never quite got his full due, which is why I think he's ripe for sequel or at least more shorts. Mm-hmm. So um, the cr- adding Tummy Trouble was before Honey, I Shrunk the Kids when that got released. Um, that is, it's the only reason I watched Honey, I Shrunk the Kids in the theater. <laughs> it was to go see the short? Was to go see Tummy Trouble. I was not interested in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. I enjoyed it. Rick Moranis is uh, a genius. But I did not go see that movie to see that movie. I only wanted to, I could have left after Tummy Trouble. I stayed, but um, I could have left after watching Tummy Trouble. And you, I could see that. <laughs> and you made a note here. Um, yeah, I read somewhere this was the first like Disney short in 16 years. Mm-hmm. Like they stopped in the 70s and then it kept going. Yes. And it even took a long time and to go through our Disney canon, if you've been listening to those, um, it took a long time before Disney started doing shorts again. They were, do, they were diversifying, they were doing TV, yes, but actual theatrical shorts didn't become a thing again until way late into Disney again. It's not until we get Pixar being famous for their theatrical shorts and Disney saying, wait, we can learn things from, <laughs> we can test things out. We can do things in a short form. And then you get great things like get a horse, which might be another breakdown in the future. But that is a fantastic short. It's it's amazing what you can get when you're like, let's just try out something high concept and, you know, try this out. And I know that Roger Rabbit uh, for 1988 was a impossible feat. Um, for its live action mix, its technology, the things that it used. ILM was doing some crazy stuff. Every cell of animation had about eight passes because of shadows and sparkles and layers and everything that it had to do, um, which is why it looks as amazing as it does and still, I think, holds up remarkably well technology wise i agree i think you could show roger rabbit the feature film today and it would be on par with everything else the only thing that would show it not as looking good is the quality of the film used for the live action portion yes i think i I would agree (laughs) animation totally on par yes now what we get with tummy trouble is it's about seven and a half minutes or so. And I count from the opening credits all the way through to the end of the end credits. Um, With Roger Rabbit, you get three things that you know about Roger Rabbit um, or that you have to give an audience who are expecting a Roger Rabbit experience. 
One of them is crazy action. So silly cartoon craziness, like Tex Avery levels of craziness. <laughs> and um, live action and non-Disney characters. Because that those were the three big things that were revolutionary about the animation in Roger Rabbit. It mixed with live action. Um, it had crazy Tex Avery action. And there were characters who were not Disney characters who were involved. So Mickey Mouse and Bugs Bunny on the screen at the same time for the exact same number of minutes contractually. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you get that. Those are some hallmarks of a Roger Rabbit experience. So when you have this short, people are expecting those three things. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good summary. Um, I might also add Jessica Rabbit into that mix. Sure. It's just Jessica Rabbit has become so iconic in her own way. And I think a lot of people forget that she's married to Roger Rabbit. Yes. Like, <laughs> they just forget that he's in the mix at all. Despite the fact that her last name is Rabbit through marriage. <laughs> right. She's not born a rabbit. You just you just see her on so much more merchandise than Roger ever is. Which I suppose is understandable in it's some... in like a subversive adult way that misunderstands the source material. Yeah. Like the early two thousands, like Tweety is a gangster rapper TV t-shirts oh yeah i never understood i hated those somebody tried to buy one for me and i was horrified <laughs> how dare you how dare you <laughs> so let's let's get started shall we shall we let's break this down boo, 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 boo. <laughs> So I'm, I'm pulling out my notes. I have I have physical notes on this. And and for the listener, me as co-host of this podcast, knowing how much Chris loved this, um, I knew that Chris would take a lot of notes. <laughs> and I have seen the photographic evidence to prove that he did. Um, so I'm relying on Chris's notes here. <laughs> and so I'm, I'm just reaction gifts during this podcast. <laughs> I have two sets of notes. So I have my, my notebook of notes and thoughts. And then I also have, um, I'm holding, I don't know why I'm holding it up. My story clock notebook made by Plot Devices, which is a company um, created by Seth Worley. So check them out. We'll put a link in the show notes, but essentially it's a way of, you can do research and break down the structure of a book, um, a movie, a seven and a half minute animated short about a rabbit babysitting a baby, um, and just see what the structure looks like. And you could actually learn from um, what's actually there. Because one of the hard things about watching one of these animated shorts is you get a feeling from it and it makes you feel one way. And then you break it down and say, wait, I see the mechanics behind it. It wasn't all craziness or it wasn't all this. You get to see, oh, that was very smart how they did that. 
So do you remember how it started, Mackenzie? Uh, yes, because it's so magical. It starts in this vein of cartoon that I think is reminiscent of a number of older cartoons. So it's trying to capture that feel. It feels almost like a Tom and Jerry part Sylvester and Tweety thing at the beginning of Roger Rabbit is Uncle Roger. And... Um, the mom of the house is leaving and you just see her from like the knees down, mm-hmm. nothing higher up. And she's talking to the baby like, don't worry, baby Herman, uncle Roger's going to take care of you and he's going to do a good job. Unlike last time and like points her finger through his face <laughs> on his nose to emphasize like Roger's not good at this. There's our opening stasis. Roger's in charge and he's bad at it. Yes. And the fact is <laughs> I wrote down, Roger is a bad babysitter um, completely. And in the original film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, we get the um, we get the same opening, which is, um, but it's different because she says, and Roger's going to take very, very, very good care of you because if he doesn't, you're going back to the science lab. And like, so it's the same thing, same structure. However... Um, in Tummy Trouble, there's not a threat. In Tummy Trouble, it's not like last time, which we all laugh like, ah, we know what happened last time. (laughs) Um, But it's not a specific threat. So in theory, Roger was able to cover his tracks enough to get hired again. But... This is all show within a movie. Right. But... Did he, if she's threatening him, not like last time? So something bad happened, yet she hired him again, but she didn't send him to the science lab. So it's an empty threat from last time. So actually, either he was from the science lab and she's not sending him back, or... (laughs) It's a show within a movie, Chris. (laughs) I'm just just coming through. Um... (laughs) The other question that I have, if we, hey, we're, we're going to English major this, right? Oh, go qu- for it. The other question that I have is, when in the Roger Rabbit canon does tummy trouble take place? Is it before or after Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I feel like it would have to be after. You would, If they're right? referencing the previous short, yeah. So the hard part in it, it has in the opening, uh, the great opening where you see the faces and then it says a RK Maroon presents a Maroon cartoon. Here's the problem. If it's after Who Framed Roger Rabbit, what happens to RK Maroon in Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Well, he dies. He dies. He gets shot by Judge Doom. So... Either there's been this massive cover-up that R.K. Maroon is dead, or it's a prequel. I think you just keep the branding. Like, Disney didn't change their name once Walt died. Hmm. So they just it's keep going. It's not like R.K. Maroon did anything, like, controversial. It's not like the Weinstein Company. Well, he kind of did. I mean, he... He manipulated Roger Rabbit's wife and blackmailed him. and Yeah, but that's just like... 
That's like usual corporate stuff. It's yeah, like, that's just business. It's not morally reprehensible. That's, it's just that's, regular reprehensible. That's the film business. <laughs> that's just the way film business was in 1947. Or 2017. Either way. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so we get Roger Rabbit, the bad babysitter. And we are in... Let's see. Where are we at? You're one minute in. We get not like last time. By one minute and 11 seconds, so 10 seconds later, baby Herman is crying. And Roger Abbott says something really interesting that I never really sunk in until this viewing, which is baby Herman's wailing. And Roger says, hey, you don't want to get your old pal in trouble, do you? He's not comforting the child. He is a bad, bad babysitter. He's a yeah. bad rabbit. And that's the point. <laughs> I know that's the point, but it just changes my feelings on Roger Rabbit. Like, it just... Maybe not Roger Rabbit, the actor, but Roger Rabbit, the character in this animated short. Just, it's just hard to hear him say that. You, you don't want to get your old pal Roger in trouble? You don't want to get your old pal Roger in trouble, now do you? Uh, you think that's hard to listen to? That's hard to hear. Because, okay, as a father, as a father now. Always playing the father card. I'm going to play the father card. When there's a, a crying child, you're, if your instinct is not to, like, comfort that child, I feel like there's something just wrong with you in general. Like, the, the, you, you are a bad person. It's like, oh, no, it, if, especially if you're selfish enough to think, yes, she's threatened him to send him to a science lab, as we've, as we talked about, but... He's only concerned out for himself and not for this child that needs comfort. Well, I mean, I think that's the difference between Roger Rabbit, the actor, and Roger Rabbit, the character. Because Roger Rabbit, the character, is innocent and selfish, and Roger Rabbit, the actor, is just innocent. Okay. I think. You have to somehow show how he is a character is different than him as an actor character. I suppose that's true. So, nine seconds later, so Roger Rabbit's tried to help for nine seconds before he pulls out the rattle. The infamous rattle. So what happens, Mackenzie? Oh, it is like a game of tag as to whose body the rattle's inside at any given time the rest of the short. <laughs> I don't know how they're both so good at swallowing rattles. <laughs> I can't get, like, cereal in my mouth at the right angle in the morning sometimes, depending how tired I am. <laughs> and yet these folks can just gulp down. a ma It's a massive rattle, too. Nope. This rattle is just... It's bigger than a microphone. It's, it's classic, like, baby rattle. Yeah. Like it's round huge. on one end like a maraca, and then like a big ring on the other side to prevent babies from swallowing it. 
you know. So, baby... <laughs> Ten seconds later, so the rattle appears. Baby Herman plays with it a little bit. Ten seconds later, um, the rattle is swallowed for the very first time. So, at this point in, we're about an eighth of the way into the runtime, and we have the major problem, which is the rattle gets swallowed. Ah, the trouble with the tummy that was heretofore promised. Mm -hmm. Delivers what it's promising. (laughs) And there's like a smash cut almost to the hospital. Yeah, it's one of the, it's a really cool transition. It's one of the cool things. So Roger's going crazy. He's shouting, which doesn't make any sense to me after watching it again. Somebody call 911. You're the only one there, Roger. (laughs) There is no one else in the house. Who's going to call the baby? (laughs) So, uh, somebody call 911. Um, He... He does the right thing, apparently, and gets help. He's, he calls 911. But as he's shouting, his mouth gets big and he gets closer to the camera. And it cuts from his mouth and tongue to a black screen and the red light on an ambulance. Um, who I think the ambulance is probably a distant relative to Benny the Cab. Based, yes. on the, based on the character design, has to be. Um, if not Benny the Cab um, in white face as, <laughs> as the ambulance. Literal white, not like... Well. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Driving to St. Nowhere Hospital. <laughs> Very 80s. <laughs> it's not elsewhere. It's nowhere. St. Nowhere. I, I do enjoy that joke. I, I don't know why, but he, that's the first time when it's teaching you to pay attention to the backgrounds. Mm-hmm. That's the very first time. Um, and then Roger comes into, um, we see baby Herman in, in a hospital bed, peaceful at rest, waiting for the doctor to arrive. And then we scan across the hospital room. And do you remember what's there? Did you did you notice what's in the in the hospital room? I saw there's a picture of um, I couldn't quite place the character, but it's the doctor from something. I want to say a Disney short. Yes, you're right. There's the e- early doc the early doctor, the evil doctor from an early Mickey Mouse cartoon. Um, there is. Um, a diagram of Mouse's skull. Yes. With Mickey Mouse's ears, and you see that his ears are bone. Um, and then there's a bag of money on a scale for no reason. Like, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm not sure why it's there, but okay. Um, and then Mickey Mouse's um, shorts are on a changing curtain and his shoes are next to this changing curtain. For some reason. For some reason. I'm like, why is Mickey Mouse's clothes? Where's Mickey? What is, what is, what's happened to Mickey that his clothes are in this room? It's a freshly vacant room. But wouldn't he just have his clothes? Like, why wouldn't they put his clothes? I guess it's the (laughs) forties. 
It's the 40s, I suppose. <laughs> That's going to be the answer for everything. It's the 40s. It's the 40s. Dramaturgically, it's 1947. <laughs> and then there's a picture of Mommy Dearest's legs um, by the door. So you see baby Herman's mom's legs. and But that's the portrait. It's of her legs. So, <laughs> But I'm like, did they bring that from home so he could have a comfort? Did they have time to grab that? Or is this woman in all hospitals? Maybe it's just all mothers. Maybe it's all mothers that look. Yeah. Why, why would that be in there, Mackenzie? I, I don't know. All the doctors are the same. That's true. There are very few like humanoid tune characters, and the ones that are are just they're all the same. <laughs> then Roger comes in and he smashes the picture of the mother. He comes in with some a bouquet of flowers, weeping. Um, as he opens the door. He, um, there's a dead body outside the door. There's like a, <laughs> there's the feet on a table and you see a, a tag on the toes. I That's, missed that entirely. I was like, oh man. Well, when I'm pausing it every couple seconds. Yeah, you're going to catch everything. You're going to catch all the stuff that's in the background. So Roger comes back at a minute 50. Um, and by... What is it? It's not until two minutes and 26 seconds. So a good 30 seconds, which is a long time in this cartoon where he goes, he actually tries to, to comfort baby Herman after he selfishly makes it about himself again. Cause what does he say? Ah, oh, I don't even know. You don't remember what he says? Oh, your mom is going to kill me or something like that? No, he says, um, why does everything happen to you? Why couldn't it happen to me? To me! And then he starts drinking baby Herman's bottle, which I always had a problem with. Like, why is he drinking the bottle? Does it have vodka in it? <laughs> is, does he not care what's in it? He just needs comfort? Couldn't tell you. <laughs> Roger Rabbit the character. I'm just going to go with that. Roger Rabbit the character. Yeah, and it's that's... either 1947 or it's Roger Rabbit the character. <laughs> so at this point, baby Herman sees his bottle and Roger gives him the bottle after drinking from it, puts it in the baby's mouth. That's at least they're in the hospital, I guess, <laughs> if they're going to do that. Sterile-ish. <laughs> Um, and then he burps the baby, and we get a very cartoony gag of baby burps up um, a tin can of yams, a boot, and a kitchen sink for good measure, and then burps out the rattle. Um, and it goes in a bubble, rises up, and we get our first instance of... Everything's fine. We've made it through it. We're fine. Our first moment of safety, um, which is important in this cartoon to have moments of safety. So mm -hmm. that way you can break them almost immediately. You have to think everything's fine and then deal with the repercussions of that. 
So, and it started off in the very beginning because we have Roger, you know, don't worry, everything's going to be fine. The baby cries, hands the rattle, everything's fine, swallows the rattle, everything's terrible. <laughs> so, like, it teaches you on a very small scale, we're okay, we're not okay, we're okay, we're not okay. At this moment, we're not okay. He, he burps it up, we're okay. Um, and at 2 minutes, 20 second, 26 seconds, Roger swallows the rattle, we're not okay anymore. But it immediately feels like it is okay again because he's entertaining the baby. Right. You're exactly right. Say a little bit about that. So he immediately is worried at first and realizes he can shake and do this baby entertainment thing and it's fine. Um, and you think, okay, it's a comical end to the short. But then the doctors burst in to operate on the baby with a rattle and they're confused at first, but they see that Roger clearly has the rattle in his butt or wherever he is. Yes, because he shakes his butt. In classic 1940s cartoon, <laughs> like, I don't know what to call that. I'm, I'm not even sure. It's like this mambo-ish thing, like cha-cha yeah, like thing. The Brazilian lady with fruit on her head kind of trope. And then he sticks his butt up and his cottony tail is right in the camera. Said, yep, this is him. And they, they grab him by the tail, yank him, and they don't have a very good, like, but, like doctors are awful in this. Like, I, I think doctors in the 40s were terrible people. Has there ever been a good cartoon doctor? Probably not. Besides Probably Doc not. McStuffins. Yes, you're right. There, there's one. <laughs> one, one good cartoon doctor. <laughs> well, two if you count her mother. Okay. So. Two good cartoon doctors. <laughs> so you get... A really big physical joke here. Um, and we get Roger taken by the doctors. He gets to the operating room. And what did I write about this? Where was it? Oh, we get the door joke. Which is great. Where the doctors are wheeling him through proctology and urology. And then it just goes through all the ologies. Uh, love that one. <laughs> um, and then we get to the operating room where the table has stirrups. Like, <laughs> so is he going to give birth to the rattle? Um, one of the doors he went through is gynecology. That's true. <laughs> um, and then we have a little dream sequence where it goes all wavy. And then we get the table with giant teeth chomping. And Roger shouts, anesthetic! <laughs> and smashes himself in the head. With a mallet. So Roger Rabbit. I love that moment. <laughs> that's that's a really definitive Roger Rabbit moment of just, I'm pulling something out and I'm hitting myself in the head with it. I could get away because I have a free hand, but instead I'm just going to be afraid and want anesthetic and then Which, hammer myself. <laughs> later on he can't, but right now he can. Because the rule, as specified in the film Who Framed Roger Rabbit, no, not at any time, only when it was funny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's true. That is a good point. They've stuck to the rules of the world with the short, and I you can't help but respect that. <laughs> and so this is three minutes in. So we're almost about halfway. 
We're not quite halfway, but we're almost halfway. And we get our first Jessica Rabbit sighting. In what is perhaps the most gratuitously animated piece of Disney animation ever made. Ah, I, I had problems with it the first time I saw it. And I have even more problems with it after everything I've experienced in my life. <laughs> Mackenzie, could you describe it? Oh, you're putting that on me? Okay, I apologize in advance to the audience for how gratuitous this is. <laughs> I know we're talking it up, but it, you have to see it to understand like how bad it is. It's that American, like, oh, this is so terrible. Here, try this. Um, <laughs> you get the... As Jessica Rabbit, as a nurse, is walking down the hall with her, like, up to her thigh slit in the side of her nurse's uniform walking in heels in this hospital for some reason. And she has a cart full of bottles. And this is a technical word. <laughs> I'm using a technical word here. Technical. <laughs> and all of the dozens of nipples on the bottles are just kind of like waving in a... I, I want to see, like, the room where the animators have said, like, we have to see how uh, uh, milk bottle nipples wave back and forth. And it's just this photorealistic way, dozens of these waving back and forth as Jessica Rabbit is marching down a hall. And it just feels so unnecessarily over the top, but in totally in character. Uh, it, I don't know how... Okay. So... I, I think the definitive feature of Jessica Rabbit could easily be called her, her, her breasts. Mm -hmm. What? I know. I know. It's shocking. Like, that's... You think of Jessica Rabbit, that's possibly where your mind heads first. Not her performances or her singing, but the way she's drawn. Um... <laughs> As she said, she's not bad. She's just drawn that way. Um, but she appears, and that is the first thing you get, are these undulating, wiggling nipples. I on the bottles. On the bottles. Sorry. So, <laughs> the baby bottles. So, you can't... But that's the whole point, is we're making reference to the thing that we can't show you. Mm-hmm in this cartoon in front of honey i shrunk the kids and it's just this image that's it's just so ridiculously gratuitous because you're right you get the trumpets with the nipples on the bottles then you get jessica's legs you don't even get anything else you get you go from baby bottles to jessica's legs then you get her full body shot and then you get a wolf whistle. Baby Herman sees the bottles and gets excited about the bottles. And then we get probably the... I don't know if it's worse than the nipple shot, but... Immediately after we see Baby Herman lusting after getting those bottles... What do we get, Mackenzie? I don't remember what's next. It's a direct close-up of Jessica Rabbit's butt. 
Mm. That okay. f- that fills the screen. Now, granted, it's a line, like it's a drawn line, like it's a it's a wavy line. It's not gratuitous or anything in terms of the way it's drawn. It's not as gratuitous as the rest of the scene. But the fact that that's the next shot, it just says, it's just so, you could not get away with that now. No. You could not get away with that now. I don't think you'd really get away with it in the 80s. They were just referencing the 40s, so they got away with it. That's the hard thing. It's like, we're we're making a 40s cartoon in 1989. And I think that's problematic, and... It, nothing could work and we it's it's all back to you know tech savory um red hot riding hood kind of stuff that just doesn't fly anymore mm-hmm. and i think possibly jessica rabbit is one of the main reasons why there hasn't been a Roger rabbit sequel they don't know how to fix that I think it can be done. It can be fixed. You think so? I'm not so? the person in charge of fixing that. But yeah, you could. There's all kinds of story reasons you could have to fix Jessica Rabbit. <laughs> there's empowerment, and it's not about her looks, and she gets a new animator. I don't know. She's drawn differently. <laughs> she's not drawn bad. She's drawn differently. She's drawn empowered. You you give her different clothes. Yeah. Like that would be clothes. a big start. Yeah. Have her out of heels. Mm-hmm. Running for office. Running for office? That would be good. Mm-hmm. I could see that. And then Roger becomes... A detriment to her campaign. Mm. And then it's like... It all collapses, much like a house of cards might. <laughs> We're doing <laughs> Roger Rabbit and a house of cards parody opening. Oh, that would be so good. <laughs> it's just like Toontown in really f- fast time lapses. <laughs> yes. Oh. Okay. We keep writing Roger Rabbit sequels. We can't. <laughs> I know. We can't get through this. We're just putting these ideas into the world. It's like the secret. If you say it to the universe, the universe will make it happen, right? Let Chris and McKenzie write the Roger Rabbit sequel. Mostly Chris, but some Mackenzie credit. Mackenzie has to keep Chris in check. Yes. <laughs> I can just be in the room saying, nope, not that one. Not okay. that idea. How about, nope, nope, I know where you're going, and no. <laughs> <laughs> so at the halfway point, so what's really interesting about the way this is structured, a quarter of the way in, this is how long it's taken. So at Eighth of the way in, we get the swallowed rattle. Um, A quarter of the way in, we're in the hospital bed with baby Herman. And then another eighth of the way in, Roger swallows the rattle. So that way, by the halfway point, Roger Abbott's in the operating room and the doctors are trying to operate on him. Um, we also get the chainsaw joke, which I just love that. And all of Roger's reactions, all of his, <laughs> all of his different screaming and 
off model, just uh, bazooka eyes and things just going crazy, like ah screams. They they make the they make the cartoon. <laughs> it's as much about Roger reacting to things happening as it is about the things happening. Um, Roger's reactions just sell it. So at <laughs> where is this? We get baby Herman coming back in the room f- following a bottle that rolled off the Jessica cart. And then um, baby Herman sees radioactive thing that looks like a giant baby bottle. Oh God. So good. <laughs> the baby Herman reaction of like, he finally gets the bottle. Then he looks up and sees that, which morphs into the dreamlike bottle and back. And then baby Herman just goes to like, throws the one bottle over his shoulder. <laughs> looks at the radioactive machine. Oh, and then he starts climbing on it. Roger becomes desperate. No, baby Herman, that's not your bottle. And he like is trying to free himself from these straps that he's been strapped in and left by the doctors who have gone off to lunch. S- tries to go, and this sets in motion the craziest sequences of the whole cartoon. And crazy, but easy to follow. Yes. Say a little like bit about spe- that. So I think we previously talked about the spectacular Spider-Man, like the late 2000s show in a previous episode. We talked about how easy the action sequences are to follow and how rare that seems to be. And here in Tummy Trouble, we get the same thing where it's a lot of crazy action going through many different locations, but it's easy to follow what's happening. We don't break the 180 degree line for the most part. Um, and it's easy to follow what's happening with Roger, the baby, and a zooming rocket thing, and sometimes the rattle in different locations at different times. Because what it has to track is how they're ending up in the situation, how they're getting out of the situation, and how the rattle is transferring bodies. And in order to do that, they have to take time now, what's interesting, if you look, and maybe maybe I'll post this story clock as part of our yes. show notes. But what's really interesting is at um, where is it? One at the syringes. So <laughs> Roger Rabbit at four minutes and twenty six seconds in. Roger Rabbit tries to save Baby Herman. He knocks the radioactive thing over. Baby Herman launches into um, into the air, lands on a scale, springs up, and hits a laser thing, which is called the hair splitter. I don't know what it's used for, but the it's, atomic hair splitter. But the atomic hair splitter. Um, Rod, um, Baby Herman's leg pushes the on switch, which shoots a laser, which hits. Um, an oxygen tank lever that's holding up an oxygen tank, which falls over, which hits a tray of syringes, which launches them at Roger. Um, It's a beautiful shot of the syringes just coming at the camera. 
So they launch it coming at the camera. Then it cuts straight to Roger's eyes filling up the screen. So you get his reaction. So a lot of it is cutting back to where Roger is in relation to everything around him. So it, part of the analyzing the action is seeing the, um, the environment and Roger's placement in it. So usually what you will see is not to, not to make a pun, but a hair before <laughs> you see the, um, you see the action, you see the environment. So you see the hair splitter before baby Herman hits it and swings on it. You see the on switch before the foot hits the on switch. You cut to the oxygen tank before the laser hits it. And it, it hovers just a bit so you can notice the syringes. So that way it hits it and then the syringes go. Roger Rabbit has his scream. Um, you see him jump up in time to miss the syringes. They go under him. You see the bedpan before the syringes hit the bedpan and redirect up to the ceiling. And then you see the light. So you can see them hit the light and head back down. And then you see Roger flip to try to avoid being hit with the syringes before they hit him in the backside. So it's always just a hair earlier before the thing happens. See the environment so the audience goes, I see what's about to happen. And from an animation perspective, that seems counterintuitive, I know. Um, but it's a matter of seeing where the ball is going, not where the ball is now. Yes. Because what you're setting up is anticipation. You want to see one... <laughs> I think in Tom and Jerry cartoons, it's true. In Daffy Duck cartoons, it's true. Um, not in Bugs Bunny or Mickey Mouse ones, but definitely Donald Duck ones. You want to see the thing hurt the character. <laughs> like you're waiting for the character to get injured. Definitely in Wile E. Coyote cartoons, you're expecting for the failure. So you're waiting for how is this going to fail and how is this going to hit him? So you see Roger get out of the way and you're like, oh, well, that's that's fine. He escaped. But he didn't because it's going to hit that, hit that, and then hit him in an unexpected way. Which is, I think, a little bit more gratifying than just simply going directly from being launched and hitting him in the butt. Mm -hmm. Or being zapped with the laser. It's like, oh no, he's going to get zapped with the laser and he's going to be burned. And, you know... Well, you want your characters to be competent enough to avoid obvious danger, but it's still a cartoon, so the danger is to find them in a cartoon way. That's interesting about finding them. The danger has to find them. So the danger is the hair splitter, and the, the obvious joke is he gets zapped, and maybe he gets zapped in half, 
I'm like, oh no. Like, and then he makes a snide comment about being like, I'm beside myself, you know, something <laughs> like that. Did you just make that up? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I guess I have. It's it's just a structure that's in your brain. It's just right there. So that's one obvious joke. The other obvious joke is he's burned to a crisp and like just is there and you see him blinking. But Roger Rabbit doesn't go for the easy, obvious joke. Like in the in the movie, the original film, there's a plunger that gets launched into a toaster for later. Like it sets that up like this. It's going to be set up for later. The fact that it, a plunger ends up in a toaster is it just shows that it's about these Rube Goldberg machines that get created of it's going to be an unexpected way that he's going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be the obvious way. Totally. But when it is the obvious way, which we'll get to, it's still satisfying because <laughs> you know. Yeah, you save the obvious one. You're not expecting it to be obvious at that time. So he gets <laughs> he gets hit um, with these syringes. Um, he some other stuff happens. It sets up this next sequence where Baby Herman falls off the hair splitter onto a trash can with a pedal, and they make the pedal very obvious because they want you to set up like this is going to be important. The hair splitter cuts through the ceiling so it can free itself. It falls. It hits the lever, launches Baby Herman. Roger catches Baby Herman with his ears and says, Phew, we have another moment of safety before we recognize that, oh, no, the hair splitter's loose and it's coming after them and it hits them, smashes him into a door And we have our next rattle release at five minutes and nine seconds. So it's been Rogers swallowed the rattle two minutes before. So he's, (laughs) this is the longest rattle ingestion of the, (laughs) I don't know what else to call it, of the whole short, like possession of the rattle for two minutes in a seven minute short is a long time. Mm -hmm. Um, but everyone remembers the cartoon as being this like, oh, he swallowed it and oh, like he swallowed it and back and forth, back and forth. But this first back and forth happened two minutes ago. It's really interesting. Um, then we get the very, a very obvious joke where we know what's going to happen, where we get an elevator that's out of order. (laughs) Um, Roger slams into an old man, and this poor old man has a head wound. Um, his leg is broken, um, and he falls out of, goes flying out of his wheelchair because of Roger colliding with him. Um, there is a also, <laughs> there's a frame um, that I got as pausing it. There's a frame where the old man in the wheelchair is actually choking Roger Rabbit. As Roger's colliding with the wheelchair, the fact that <laughs> okay. they the fact that they put in a frame of this old guy like how dare you like choking him is just really great because at the time this is VHS and this is 
you know, theatrical short. No one's going to notice that frame, but they put it in there because it's just, it's rich. Um, the next, let's see, we get the out of order and then we have our next moment of safety where they stop and they're like, great. We've, you think he's just going to fall down the elevator, but they stop the wheelchair and we have a breath. But then what happens, Mackenzie? I don't recall this part either. I know the elevator part. I don't recall why they fall into the elevator. Spoilers. Oh, the chair just falls. Like, <laughs> like the chair just dumps them out for no reason. No apparent reason. The chair just, they're there, they're safe, and the chair just goes, pitches forward, and just drops them out into the elevator shaft. Feels right. It's, it's just because the audience wants it. The audience wants them to fall. You set it up, but it's the fact that nothing causes it. It's just like... Ah, uh, we'll just put him in. <laughs> it's just something funny about, ah, ah. It's not like the wheel breaks or anything. It just pitches forward and just dumps them off into it. Um, and then they, uh, at five minutes and 24 seconds, baby Herman swallows the rattle. Um, and they become separated. And the elevator, the obvious thing happens. Mackenzie. Baby Herman lands safely and um, an elevator falls on Roger Rabbit's head. Elevator falls on Roger Rabbit's head. Like you do. And what's crazy is so from the syringes to and we're not even to the point. This is all happening within let's see. Baby Herman got in the room at 407 and Roger Rabbit is thrown from the chair at 5.17. So in about a minute, this all this crazy action is just jam-packed into one minute of screen time. Well, like I said, it's a Rube Goldberg machine. And, and we get the elevator shut. And this is how long it takes. So we get the elevator that smashes him at 5 minutes and 31 seconds. We get at five minutes, 37 seconds, the elevator doors open. So six seconds later, which feels like an eternity in this kind of film where it's like, you know, what's going to happen. So they don't even show it. They just show the repercussions of it. Droopy's there where we get our non Disney character appearance. Mm -hmm. Um, Gruesome, isn't it, folks? Um, Which is interesting that we get two fourth wall breaks at the exact same time where Roger, baby Herman, I'll catch you. And then he recognizes it's the elevator. He looks at the audience. Elevator crashes. Doors close. Doors open. Roger's there. And Droopy has a line directly to the audience. And then at it's, it's a good 20 seconds of screen time that that one joke is there. It's like this one breath of breathing, one breath of breathing. Wow. This one breath of time where the audience can breathe before things go crazy a little bit again. Mm -hmm. 
Well, it feels like it could be an end, like in a classic Wiley Coyote short, like that'd be the end. Mm-hmm. Nothing's actually resolved, but the coyote's been incapacitated. <laughs> and in one way, it kind of, in some ways it would be if we saw one more shot of baby Herman, like if we saw baby Herman in the hallway, it, they could have easily ended it there. Oh, but no, they don't. The hair splitter comes back. Um, Roger Rabbit tries to close the elevator doors before the hair splitter comes. And that's some of the best animation. When Roger comes out and he's breathing, baby, 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 baby. He's just out of breath. You see his ribs because he's washing stretch. Oh, and then he starts pulling the doors and he's making this Roger Rabbit like worried sound. I don't know how Charles Fleischer makes that noise. I really don't know how he makes that noise, but it's just like, like this as he's just trying and heaving at these doors. The It's such good animation of you see the effort of him struggling and then it gets in right at the last second, smashes him and he ends up on the hair splitter writing it. He runs into baby Herman, they're reunited, and Roger recognizes, oh, we're safe again. So we have another moment of safety on smooth sailing from now on. (laughs) While they're riding the hair splitter. While they're riding the hair splitter, which I don't know how he's safe. But what's interesting is from the syringes moment to this moment of being smooth sailing, um... We've had another Baby Herman transference of the rattle. Baby Herman swallowed the rattle again. But this is only an eighth of the cartoon. And it's most of the stuff people remember from Tummy Trouble, which is like the crazy action. This crazy action all happens in about one eighth of the runtime. (laughs) That's it. It's like this Mm -hmm. tiny little clip of... From the syringes being launched all the way to this point of being on the hair splitter and everything fine. It's just it's just a tiny amount of time. I mean, the whole thing is fast paced, so it feels while the action action only happens in that tiny space. um, It's been fast paced the entire time. So it's not like that emotion has ever gone down. So I can see how that feeling kind of creeps out into the rest of the short. Which is true. There's hardly time to breathe but it's not as rapid fire in terms of danger and momentum i guess the momentum if we talk about squash and stretch as you said there's been a lot of stretching and squashing but now we're in just a moment of stretch mm-hmm. we're in a moment of stretch and anticipation because you know it's not going to be fine because the camera turns and we see just <sighs> we see a shot of things that would be in a hospital, oxygen tanks, um, th- other things that are explosive. And there's a big sign that says explosive. <laughs> um, we see a box that says human waste, <laughs> but spelled W-A-I-S-T. <laughs> we see something that's leaking just on the floor. Um, And for good measure, we have some rockets and cartoon dynamite just because, 
just to add to how bad it is. It's a visual shortcut. <laughs> um, they hit that. It explodes. They're screaming. They get launched up to the cartoon map of the United States. Uh, they fall down. Um, as they're screaming, Baby Herman like upchucks the, the rattle one more time. Roger swallows it immediately, which is... And that's the fastest rattle transference in the whole short. And then Roger hits every floor going down in the hospital. And then baby Herman lands on him, which makes him spit out the rattle. And we get our final moment of safety, which is we're cured. Thank goodness for modern medicine. (laughs) And then what do we get? You get one last gag that is perhaps more true today <laughs> than ever. <laughs> than ever. You get Rogers, thank goodness for modern medicine. Then you see a disembodied hand from off screen reach in with a big piece of paper that just says Bill on the backside so you as an audience can read it. <laughs> it's one of those comically like long cartoon pieces of paper. <laughs> I just love Bill <laughs> on the back. Oh, that's the Bill. <laughs> Roger has one more reaction and faints. Because, again, all of this is based on... It's all Roger's reactions that sell everything. He faints. Baby Herman grabs the rattle. And as it irises out, you hear... Gulp. One last time. (laughs) And then to acknowledge that this is a show within a movie, you get the brief cutaway... Of them wrapping up the short and Roger and Jessica leaving for the day from the live action studio. And because you needed, because it was Roger Rabbit, you needed to have live action interaction. Because Roger Rabbit is as much about Roger Rabbit, the actor, as it is about the fun cartoon. And interestingly enough, Tommy Trouble is the one cartoon that we as an audience get to see finished. The, the, I mean, they, they have to do something successfully, otherwise he wouldn't be famous. <laughs> In the movie, he doesn't finish the cartoon. We don't get to see the finished cartoon. In Roller Coaster Rabbit, the short that follows Tummy Trouble, that was in front of Dick Tracy, which is the only reason I saw Dick Tracy. Um, he doesn't finish it. In fact, the film gets put on fire. <laughs> so odds are that cartoon was never released in the 40s. Um, and then the third one trail mix up, which I can't even remember which that one was in front of, um, trail mix up. They don't finish it either. They end up destroying the whole world. Okay. Cause Roger gets a, he plants a flag, which is his clothes. His clothes are ripped to shreds and they look like the bar- army of rebels and they, he's plants the flag and salutes. And he punctures a hole in the world, and you see the world, like, blow away like a balloon. <laughs> but that's Toon World. That's Toon World. I don't know. Special which, effects. <laughs> it's all special effects. So, I think what's interesting, that last thing that we get, that final, final moment of safety before the bill, it's not the things that normally you would expect a cartoon be to be undone by it's 
reality Mm -hmm. that finally defeats Roger Rabbit. (laughs) Not flying syringes, not an atomic hair splitter. Um, But the sad and sorry state of the health industry. Of the 1980s American health industry, which we've since fixed. That's not a problem anymore. It's like that Futurama, which we fixed forever. But what about forever? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly like that. So, So, would you say this is your favorite of the three Roger Rabbit shorts? Of the three shorts, yes. Um, I think Tommy Trouble is the one that does everything it should do the best. Um, It knows how to set up a situation and land really, really well. Um, Trail Mix-Up, I think, is the weakest, um, but it was the one that was produced furthest away from Roger Rabbit. Tommy Trouble happened a year after, so it's still really fresh as to who Roger is, what Roger's about. Trail Mix-Up, I can't remember when it was even released. Uh, Um, 93. 93, so... With something called A Far Off Place. Oh, that's why I didn't see it in the theaters. Because I was like, what is that? Like, Dick Tracy I was kind of interested in. So, but A Far Off Place, yeah, I didn't go see it. I think it was in Africa. It took place in Africa. And hilariously, it looks like the short was re-released with the home theater release of Treasure Planet in 2002 in the U.S. What? <laughs> that makes little to no sense. In the U.K., it was with... Oh, hang on. And okay, it was re-released with Tarzan in the UK, Treasure Planet in the US, and Brother Bear in Australia. Goodness. Wow. <laughs> okay. For those of you who are curious. Now, Roller Coaster Rabbit ramps up the action. Like they they ramp up the action. Um to a crazy amount. So Roger is in a lot of danger a lot more. But I think they don't have enough moments of safety. Like, oh, they got out of it. It's always, it's just a little bit more. Um, so f- here's an example. So he, Baby Herman, is they're at a fair. And Baby Herman has lost a, bal- a red balloon. So Roger's trying to get him a new balloon. And Baby Herman's going after any red balloon that he sees like, Oh, balloon. So he sees these balloons where people are throwing darts in this carnival game. And so he goes after the red balloon and he's climbing the darts as the darts end up on the, you know, on the board and Roger goes after him and he hits something. And this box of darts falls on his head. (laughs) And like, that's, like, that's the it. It's about, you're in this situation, he gets hurt. He's in this situation, he gets hurt. He's in this, it's less about this Rube Goldberg, like, oh, he got out of it, but this is the thing that got him. Oh, but he got out of it, but this thing got him. He's not competent enough to avoid the danger, but the danger still finds him. Like right. Like, it doesn't tubby trouble. Exactly. So, I think it misses that, and that's, so it's funny to see Roger get hurt, but it's not as gratifying to see him avoid something and something worse get him. I think that's what I'm missing because it's just the payoff of what you were expecting. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's also a moment where he ends up in a bullpen with a bull and baby Herman grabs, um, tries to grab the balloon, but accidentally grabs a body part of the bull and the bull gets really upset. You see him like reach and grab. Okay. You don't see the, the thing, but <laughs> you, you know, you know, very strongly. Um, and the bull attacks Roger and throws him against this barbed wire fence. And it, it hits across his teeth. He goes, that was bracing. And he smiles and he has like barbed wire on his teeth. But like, it's not as fulfilling as three steps, you know, yeah. a, a three step <clears throat> joke. I think I, where did I write that down? It was, where don't, don't, don't get to my notes. Yeah. We go from oxygen tank to syringes, which hit the bedpan, which misses baby Herman, but hits the light, which smacks Roger. Like it's just a ton of steps before the payoff and it's not always the payoff you expect. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So it's, it, I think roller coaster rabbit and trail mix up. They just get Roger hurt the way you would expect. Maybe slightly not the way you expect. Cause Oh, you expect him to be pounded by the bull, but you don't expect the braces thing. And also he just breaks the fourth wall all the time where like when the darts hit his head, his head deflates. And it gets really small. And he goes, I've got a headache, but it's only a little one. He says that to the audience. And then that was bracing, he says to the audience. So it's just like a lot of like. He's not reacting to the moment. He's reacting to the audience at that point. Right. So I think that's part of why Tummy Trouble stands up. And the other ones are funny, but they're not. They're, And I, I wouldn't necessarily call Tummy Trouble iconic, but. You know, it doesn't hold up as strongly as Tommy Trouble. What yeah. were your thoughts? What you you'd seen it before watching it for this? Yeah, I'd seen it before. Um, I think I probably saw it with like the VHS of Honey I Shrunk the Kids, <laughs> assuming it was on that. It was okay. Um, That's why I bought Honey I Shrunk the Kids on VHS. I see. Yeah, I mean, I liked it. I have always liked Roger Rabbit. I think I appreciate this more as an adult watching it from a storytelling perspective. Mm. As a kid, for this kind of cartoon where it's like, danger, hurt, danger, hurt, danger, hurt, danger, hurt. You're like, haha, that was funny. And as an adult, you could say like, ah, that's why that's funny. As opposed <laughs> to this other one that doesn't hold up as well. Mm-hmm. So I appreciate it more now, but it's always been good to me. Good. Good to hear. Good but, to hear. So, did you have a favorite thing from the sh- animated short? I do. Uh, when they're rushing Roger to the surgery room and they're going through all the doors of the ologies, the oncology, gynecology, theology, geology, and the final one is just Burbank. <laughs> That's one of those, like, as an adult, like, ha, it's Burbank, California. <laughs> It's an animation fixing place. <laughs> Did you have a favorite? I know it's hard to pick one favorite thing from this. I know for me, it's very difficult. Um, 
I think for me, the moment that stands out, it's just because for me, it's the syringe moment of the syringes coming at him and then his eyes. Because when I was starting to look at the way things were structured and noticing just how much they relied on the anticipation of expectation and the reaction of Roger and Roger's reaction to it, it's just his, usually his trying to get out of something makes the situation worse. Yes. And that's the whole concept is I will give you this rattle to stop you from crying, but it makes things worse. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I will escape it, but is what he does always makes it worse. If he had not gone to the hospital to visit baby Herman. Would have been fine. It would have been fine. But his presence, just him walking in a door, just makes things worse. Yes. <laughs> So should we talk about next time, about homework time? Yes. For next time, we're so excited. Um, on Netflix, the new Matt Groening show is launching. So please watch um, at least the first episode of Disenchantment starting um, August 17th. Um, we will probably have watched binge watched the whole thing by the time we talk about it. Um, so if there is a plot, we'll try and uh, give a spoiler warning. But I don't even know if there's a plot yet. That's what's so fun. Um, if you love Futurama, if you love The Simpsons like us and can quote them off the top of your head, um, hopefully you, like Chris and Mackenzie, um, will be excited to have a new arsenal of quotes to pull for any situation. <laughs> As always, thank you to our engineer, Nigel Catino, and to Jacob Reeb. Reeb? Reeb. Maybe there's multiple Jacobs. Jacob Reed, with a D, uh, for our theme music. You can find us on the web. Let us know what you think about Tummy Trouble. Um, if you've seen it recently, what, what your favorite moment is on Twitter, at WG Animated. On Facebook, like our page at facebook.com slash WG Animated. And we will give some show notes and links to things at our Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. Please, Chris, are we done with the podcast? Can we say goodnight? Let's say goodnight, everybody. That was, I, I can't do a Roger Rabbit. I, I can't do the dance and I can't do the voice. And it's just so sad. Disappointing. Isn't it, folks? I do it better droopy, I suppose. <laughs> and it's still not good. Good night, everybody.